Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Open your Bibles up this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. I've been, I started two weeks ago a series on Bible prophecy, not, not what's in the book. Uh, some of this is in the book, but where we are in America, where we are around the world. And I entitled this series, and I have no idea how long it's going to go, but I've entitled this series, Reading the Signs of God, Is It Rapture or Is It Revival? Now, Last week, we talked, uh, last two weeks, we talked about the prophecy concerning 2 Samuel verse 24. I'm going to hit a little bit on that in a minute. But I want you and I to understand that this is not normal times. Okay, you know, I think a lot of people think this too shall pass. And this is probably very politically incorrect to say but in talking to a lot of friends of mine in Israel whose families survived the holocaust when these things be one of the things they said were always asked is why didn't you stand up and do something and you know what their response was we didn't think it could get any worse Now, let me say that again. When Hitler began to limit what the Jewish people could read, what the Jewish people could speak, their gatherings in the synagogue, their their shutting down their businesses, their, their persecuting the Jewish people, the question that they say our parents and grandparents were asked is, why didn't you rise up and do something? And their response was, we didn't think it could get any worse. And let that be a a wake-up sign to you and I that we need to say something before it gets worse. Can I have an amen? One of the things I pointed out the last couple weeks, and I want to reiterate this because it is vitally important that we see this, is that empires ruling nations of the world last approximately 250 years. Now, I want you to think about this. We are in America, and I know we have people, our, our partners from all over the world, Australia to England and back and forth. We understand that in America, we are at 244 years. Right now, our nation is 244 years. Now, understand this that when we say a nation lasts in power about 250 years, it's not exact. It's not like on that minute it it happens. Sometimes it's 240 years, sometimes it's 254 years. But on the average, ruling nations, nations of power last about 250 years. We are right now, with all of this taking place, We are right now, our nation is 244 years. So does that mean we have six years left? Does that mean we have six months left? Does that mean we 
We have uh, greater years in front of us, or does that mean, like other nations, we're on a decline? I believe that it's not in the hands of God. I believe it's in the hands of Christians. You say, well, pastor, everything's in the hands of God. If my people, if, say if, say if, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will. Blind Bartimaeus was sitting there. Jesus would have passed him by. But Bartimaeus, nobody else, Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. And Jesus stopped and said, bring him to me. It was Bartimaeus's move. I believe in all my heart, it's our move. In the teaching of 2 Samuel, verse tw- chapter 24, it talks about God's angry with the nation of Israel, God's angry with King David. And the reason why, and I won't get into all the details, get the tape. The reason why God is angry with David is David took a census, not to see how strong God's kingdom was, but David took a census to see how strong his kingdom was. Now, in that, and in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. In that, the Bible specifically says that the census took nine months and 20 days, if you remember this. Nine months and 20 days. Why is that in there? Why did God put that in there? He said, from the beginning of the census, from the beginning of the curse, to the end of the sentence was a gestation period. Something was about to be birthed. I think I shared this with you that we were on the Jim Baker show this last week or the week, the week before. And as I was saying this, I could see Pastor Scott in the back and he's calculating. And when we took a break, he said, Pastor, do you understand? Do you realize that nine months and 20 days, that gestation period takes us from when the world became aware of the pandemic to the next presidential election? Now, we need to understand something. This next presidential election will determine your life and my life and the life of the church. It will determine where we go. Now, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I want to, but I was advised not to. But I will tell you this. One party, one of the parties says it's okay to meet in casinos, it's okay to gamble, it's okay to go to the liquor store, but it's not okay to go to church. One of the parties says it's okay to meet in abortion clinics and kill babies, but it's not okay for us to gather together and sing worship unto the Lord. One of the parties is pro-Russia, pro-Saudi Arabia, and pro China. The other party is pro-America and pro-Israel. Now, if that kind of thing says, oh, I can't go to his church, you won't fit in here anyway. Because I don't vote according to a party. I vote according to the word of God. And you need to understand, and we're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about uh, today and next week, we're going to talk about the rapture and the second coming. I'm going to share something with you. I think it's going to blow your mind. 
But we're going to talk about the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, the Antichrist. We're going to talk about in the church, the great falling away, choosing to believe a lie. We're going to talk about things that are happening on a, 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 a gigantic scale that's happening right now. But I want you to grab a hold of this. And before we get into today's message, most nations last about 250 years. We are 244 years old. If you look at the, the history books, not religious books, you look at the history books of the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, you will see that when the Roman Empire collapsed, and I mean collapsed almost overnight, we are right there. With our morals, with our government, with leaders, we are right there. But the question is, whether it's the next six years or whether it's the next six months, are we looking at revival or are we looking at the rapture? Whichever it is, I believe in all my heart, will be determined by the time of the next presidential election. And whether it's the rapture, you don't want to miss it, or it's revival, you don't want to miss it. And so God gives us signs that we need to be able to read. Are you ready? We're going to read, we're going to read a bit of scripture because these, these lessons, I really believe, need to be more than an entertaining sermon. I believe they need to be lessons of life. So let's read some scripture. We're going to take a little time. Matthew chapter 24. Let's start with verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? As surely as I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Now listen to this. Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Now, put your finger there and let me show you something. Originally, I was going to start this message when I was first when it was first bubbling in my spirit. I was going to start it in the book of Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 and chapter 14, Zechariah talks about the coming of the Messiah. But here's where it's confusing. When Zechariah, Zechariah is most of you born, the prophet Zechariah was born in, in Babylonian captivity. When Israel was in Babylonian captivity for 70 years, their enemies had defeated them. When they got back into Israel, which is where Malachi uh, was written, they got back and they said, God, what do we need to do to keep, from, uh, to keep our enemies from defeating us. Every, we're, we're doing so good, and then we just forget about you, and we forget about your word, and we get lukewarm, and then our enemies come in and, and, and take us captive again. And this is where Malachi said, return unto me, test you out, return unto me, come to me. And if you come to me, then I will come to you. But it's your move. 
And I declare that to the church, to every preacher, to every pastor, to every Christian. We need to quit being lukewarm and we need to get back into serving God. Not just coming to church. We need to get back into serving God and living for God. And when we return to him, he will return to us. Can I have an amen? So... Zach, God gives Zechariah these prophecies, but here's where it's confusing. Zechariah, 2,500 years ago, says these words that God says the Messiah will come. Your king will come. But here's where it gets confusing. In, in Zechariah 9, I believe it is, he talks about a king coming on a donkey. He talks about a king who is a king of peace and a king of love, and a king of mercy. But then in Zechariah 14, he talks about a warrior king. He talks about a king coming in on a stallion. He talks about a king coming with an army to defeat the enemies of the children of God. And so here we have, in the prophecy of Zechariah, actually him talking about two different messiahs. The first messiah comes riding in on a donkey. He is, uh, uh, if, if you're thinking about a king, just think of a, if, a, if a king, we heard that the king of England was going to come and visit our church. He probably wouldn't pull up in a Toyota. Right? In a Hyundai. If the king was coming... He would pull up in uh, a limo. He'd be surrounded by bodyguards and people would be opening his door and, 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 and welcoming him in. That's the way a king arrives. But here's what confused Israel. The first coming of Jesus, he came in on a donkey, exactly the way Zechariah said. You know, one of the things that confuses the church a little bit is that we need to understand that during the time of Passover, when Jesus came riding in on a donkey, that Israel was under the horrible thumb and tyranny of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire didn't just crucify Jesus. The Roman Empire crucified tens and tens of thousands of Jews. They lined the roads with Jews being crucified. And so when they're waiting for the Passover lamb, they're waiting for the Messiah, and they see Jesus come riding in on a donkey, even though he was on uh, the animal of a servant, they shouted out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And that word Hosanna means save us. But in reality, even though they recognized Jesus as the Messiah, they were not looking for a prince of peace. They were looking for a warrior king, and they were shouting out, save us from the Roman Empire. But then we read in the book of Revelations, where in the second coming of Jesus, Jesus won't come on a donkey he won't come as a prince of peace. He won't come as a servant, but he is coming with the army of God on a white stallion and the enemies of God will be defeated. Somebody say amen. So we see the first coming of Jesus. And let me throw this in. Many of you probably know this. The two most important events in the history of the world are the first coming and the second coming of the Messiah. 
Those are the two most important events in the world. The church knows about the first coming, and this is why I'm doing this teaching. The church knows about the first coming, but do you know when it talks about Bible prophecy, for every prophecy in the Bible on the first coming of Jesus, there are eight prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus. So in reality, the most important event... Now, we we can't put a value on the first coming because he died for our sins. But God takes the second coming and he talks about it eight times more than the first coming. So this is something that you and I need to understand is about to happen. Can I have an amen? amen? Let's read. Let's continue reading. Now, when he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciple came to him privately saying... Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming. Obviously, they're asking him about his second coming and the end of the age. Look at me right now. And and, and I I don't know how many weeks I'm going to teach on this. He does not say, tell us about your second coming and the end of the world. He says, tell us about your coming and the end of the world as we know it. Our world, in the next six months, is going to change. And it'll never be the same, but it'll change for the better, or it'll change for the worse, and it's really in our hands. If my people... If my, not the world, not Wall Street, if my people, Jews and Gentiles, it's really in your hands. And you know something, I, I was in the back and I said, you know, help me pray, pray that I be, I, I say these things the right way and not the wrong way. But here's the reality. You as a Christian or you as a Jew in Israel, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. We need to be on God's side. Amen. All right, let's read down. It's going to take a little time. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will receive many. Stop right there. Back when I received the Lord 40 something years ago, And we would talk about the rapture and the second coming. I'm going to show you the difference here today. We would read this and Jesus said, he's talking about false prophets, false teachers. Talking about a great falling away in the church. And he said, many will come in my name. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will receive many. When, we, when I first gave my life to the Lord and we had the late great planet Earth and, and Hal Lindsey and all these teachings, we were taught this meant that in the last days in the church, false prophets would rise up, false teachers, and would say, Jesus isn't the Christ, I'm the Christ. But that's not the way it reads. It says in these last days, Jesus said, many false teachers will come and say, I'm the Christ. Yeah, Jesus is the Christ. But, and they'll begin to teach false doctrines. We're going we're gonna to get into that in, the, in this next series of what many church leaders, oh yeah, Jesus is the Christ. But we don't, we don't need to care about abortion. We don't need to care about uh, homosexuality. We don't care about, in the church. 
Let's move on. We're going we're to talk about that. We're going to combine that with lawlessness. Why is there lawlessness in the streets? Because we got lawlessness in the church. Are you all okay? Like I said, you know, we might, as well, we might as well roll the dice and see who sticks. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that no one is troubled. For all these things must come to, to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. Let me, let me stop right now. We're going to talk about the Antichrist in the weeks to come. We're going to talk about the mark of the beast. We're going to talk about a bag of gold will buy a loaf of bread. That you, without the mark of the beast, you won't be allowed to buy or sell. Do you know that right now we are pouring out tens of thousands of gallons of milk on the ground. We are plowing under fields of harvest and fruit. We are slaughtering cattle rather than bringing them to the market. And that 30 million acres in America of farmland belongs to foreign governments. And if the pandemic freezes the food these foreign governments will make sure their government gets it, not us. But hold on, I got good news. Revival or rapture? Where are we? Should we go on? We're going to talk about all these things. And there will be famines and pestilence. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, we think that, that um, uh, this is talking about Jesus' first coming. No, Jesus is talking about his second. They said, what will be the signs of your coming? Do you know that anti-Semitism and anti-Christianity is at a highest level than it's ever been before? You're a Christian? We'll destroy your church. We'll destroy your city. We'll destroy your business. Say, oh, that'll never happen. That's what Nazi Germany thought. Say amen. Wake up. Wake up. Then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise. Many, there's no time to, many will betray one another. The government's asking you to turn in your neighbors now. The government's asking you to turn in your neighbors for not social distancing. That's exactly what Nazi Germany did with the Jews. Hold on, I got good news. I got good news. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now understand, he's talking about the second coming. So he's talking about in the church and in the synagogue. Because of the lack of the laws of God. We're going to talk about this in the great falling. Well, we don't need the Ten Commandments. Pastors are saying this. They're more interested in what Hollywood thinks of them than they do the kingdom of God. This is what David did. He's counting his kingdom. 
Now, we've got to understand, I'm not against anybody. Listen, I don't care if you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Catholic. I don't care what you are. We are all in this together. But we've got to understand in the last days, many will say, yeah, Jesus is Christ, but the word of God doesn't mean anything. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things which I say? Are you okay? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, that's the Antichrist, spoken by the prophet uh, Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. We're going to talk about the Antichrist. We're going to talk about the mark of the beast. I believe the Antichrist is already known in the world. Okay, I'm going to tell you who he or she is. Nancy Pelosi. No, no, no. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. As a joke. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back and get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those with nursing babies in those days. And pray that your, that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time no nor ever shall be and what what he's saying is is he's saying this if you think this pandemic is bad wait till there's no good left on earth this pandemic is not an accident We're going to talk about the United Nations. We're going to talk about the Antichrist. We're going to talk about one world order. We're going to talk about one world religion, one world government, one world economy. Say, oh, we'll never allow that to happen in America. Pull out your dollar bill. New world order. There's been people in a government that are going this way for 244 years. Says it on your dollar bill. New world order. Are y'all okay? But I read in the book, we win. Okay, hold on. I got good news. Therefore, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christ, false prophets will arise, showing signs and wonders as to deceive, uh, if possible, even the elect. There's three things that will happen in the last days, and we'll get on these, God willing. The Antichrist, one world government, the uh, one false prophet, one world religion, and you won't be able to buy or sell one world economic system. What, what do they call that little bit thing? I'm just saying. See, I told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, do not go look. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west... So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, underline the coming of the Son of Man, because I'm about to explain to you, there is a difference, a huge, huge difference between the rapture and the second coming. So in this teaching, Jesus is going from the rapture to the second coming, the second coming to the tribulation to the rapture. He's mixing it up in there, and we're about to explain it. 
immediately, verse 29, immediately after tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth shall mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, feast of trumpets and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other now you understand he's not gathering his elect from the four corners of the earth that's already happening that's that's getting ready to happen he's gathering now for the second coming not as a prince of peace riding on a donkey but a king of kings and lord of lords riding in on a stallion and he's gathering those of us who are in heaven are you with me? Now learn this parable from the fig tree when its branches already become tender and put forth its leaves. You know that summer is near. The fig tree is Israel. So you also, the fig tree, look at me, seven living prophecies, the fig tree, know that summer is at hand. So also when you see all these things, know that it is near at the very doors. Or surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day, the hour of that day and the hour, no one knows. No, not even the angels in heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah so were the, will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know it until the flood came, did not know it. Now I'm going to explain that. Did not know it until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, another left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known when the, uh, what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also... Be ready. Say, be ready. ready. Say it again. Be ready. ready, For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him doing assuredly assuredly this is absolutely true i say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods but if that evil servant says in his heart my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunkards the master the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. Therefore, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he goes on, we'll talk about this next week, 
the, 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 the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. The virgins are those who are born again. And God says there are some who are wise and there are others who are foolish. Now let's look, break this down in the next 15 minutes. Jesus, in his first coming, came riding in on a donkey. The Bible says in his second coming, in Revelations, was it Revelations 19? The Bible says he'll be coming on a stallion. When Jesus came the first time, he came as the Prince of Peace, just like Zechariah said he would. But when he comes the second time, he'll be coming as the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords. And God says we need to pay attention to know where we are according to the signs of God. You know, in, in the New Testament, we call these signs the birth pangs. But in Hebrew, they use a different word. It's, it's ikvot mashiach, the footsteps of the Messiah. Now, what does that mean, the footsteps of the Messiah? Sometimes when we go to Israel, um, we'll do a journey called the footsteps in the Mes- of the Messiah, and we'll walk where Jesus walked. But that's not what this means in Hebrew. When he's talking about the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, ikvot Mashiach, it means the footsteps of the Messiah who are coming up on you. Most of us guys know about football. You play football and the guy goes out for a pass and he's wide open and he's about to catch it, but all of a sudden he turns and 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 because he hears the the the, the defender coming at him and he turns and he drops the ball, he misses the ball, and the announcer said he heard the footsteps. And that's what you, you're about to catch the ball and you hear the footsteps coming and you turn and you miss the ball. When God is talking about this in the Old Testament, he said, when you see these things happen, understand the Messiah is about to come up on you. The Messiah is, if he's close enough for you to hear his footsteps, he's really, really close. Amen. So we have the first coming, Jesus coming in on a donkey. We have the second coming, Jesus coming in on a, on a horse and a stallion. But the first coming and the second coming are not just the bookends of this. There is something that happens right before this. And this is called in English, the rapture. Now, it's interesting that when you read Christian scholars concerning the birth pangs, the birth pangs are... Are, are about the second coming, not about the rapture. So when we hear, uh, when we see these things, when, you know, when a, um, when a mother, and we all know this, we've said this over and over again, when a mother's about to have a baby, there are warning signs. There, they, they, she begins to, what, feel cramps, or she begins to feel something, or, uh, and then eventually the water breaks. Well, this is the sign, we're really close. If we're close enough, to the second coming. The, the birth pangs are not about the rapture. There are no signs concerning the rapture. There are no. It is, it is something that, that catches us unaware as a thief in the night. The thief in the night, the thief didn't come and say, you know, he didn't hang out in front of your house and with a mask, or well, maybe a mask now. <laughs> With a, with a gun and a crowbar and, and hang out in front of your house for a few weeks, you know he's coming. Yeah. 
But the thief comes as a thief in the night. So if we're already seeing and hearing and feeling the birth pangs, feeling the steps of the Messiah, that's for the second coming. But seven years. Every nation lasts around, around, around 250 years. We are at 244 years. Seven years from now, our nation will be 251 years old. The rapture is not the judgment of God on the, ch- on the world. The rapture is the judgment of God on the church. All virgins, we'll, we'll get into this more next week, all, all ten were virgins. We're washed clean as snow. We're born again. But we begin to become lukewarm. We begin to fall away. We begin to not live according to the word of God. But five of the virgins are keeping their oil filled. They're keeping their lamp filled, waiting for the bridegroom to come. Those are the ones who make the rapture. Those are the ones who, as a thief in the night, in the twinkling of an eye, the Lord comes and takes us up. Now, let me show you something interesting. If you read Christian scholars, they will say there is no sign for the rapture. But I want to disagree a little bit. As, as I was studying this the last couple of weeks, it, it, they're almost unanimously in agreement that there are no signs. There are no warnings. There are nothing that show us the rapture might take place. I want to maybe in a slight way disagree with that. And here's why. The Bible says, what is in the book of Colossians? When he's talking about the feasts of the Lord, God says these are a shadow of things to come. Right? If you could see my shadow, that's not the shadow of something else. That's not the shadow of someone different. That's my shadow. And the shadow usually precedes the person coming. Paul would lay hands on the sick and they'd be healed. But there were times that he couldn't lay hands. There were too many and his shadow would pass over. Same result. Same healing. Same miracle power. In the shadow as the real thing. Do you understand? The Bible says that the feasts of the Lord return unto me and I return to you. How do we return? In tithes and offerings. The offerings are three times a year. You come before the Lord and you don't come empty handed. That's why they went into Babylonian captivity. They, they said to God, you know what? We're so prosperous. We're doing so well. We don't really need you anymore. And God said, okay. Babylonian captivity. That's where God gave Ezekiel the, or Zechariah the prophecy. The shadow of things to come. On Passover, at the exact moment they were sacrificing the Passover lamb 
on the Temple Mount. At that, not, not a week before, not two weeks before, not in the same springtime or whatever. At the exact moment, the Lamb that had been a shadow of things to come died on the Temple Mount. Jesus cried out, it is finished, and gave up the ghost. So we went from a shadow. Now, until Jesus died on the cross, that Passover lamb accomplished exactly what Jesus accomplished. Only it was temporary. They would bring two lambs into the tabernacle. The high priest would pick one. One, when, they, when Jesus asked Peter, he said, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the burden removing and the yoke destroying. Two lambs, two sacrifices. They would bring one in. They would lay that lamb on the altar. They would kill that lamb and the blood of that lamb would wash our sins away, wash their sins away. But that only lasted for one year and then they have to do it again. Today, Jesus is the eternal lamb of God. He is the eternal sacrifice. Amen. But the shadow did the same thing. The shadow did the same thing, only it was temporary. Then you get 50 days later, you get to Shavuot or the feast of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Not, not around that time, not two days before two days after. When the day of Pentecost, they were all in one mind and one accord. They were in the temple because that was the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit fell. Until then, every year of Pentecost, exactly what happened with the power of God and the anointing of God and the revelation of God, but it only lasted for one year. But when the day of Pentecost came, that Pentecost fell, the Holy Spirit fell 2,000 years ago, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the anointing. We can lay hands on the sick. We can cast out devils. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is permanently ours now. Somebody say amen. Amen. So of the three high holidays, two of them have already taken place. The third high holiday is the Feast of Tabernacles, the wedding supper of the Lamb. But before that happens, before the wedding supper of the Lamb, there are three main events that take place. One of them begins this month. It's called the month of Elul. In Hebrew, there are two different calendars. The spiritual calendar ends in about 10 days. And we start the last month of the year. During the month of of Elul, God would for 30 days have the high priest stand on the temple mount several times a day and blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. You got to understand in the times of Israel, they didn't have calendars. They didn't have clocks. They didn't have any of these things that could tell them exactly where they are. So they're working in their fields. They're taking care of their kids. They're working in their vineyards. They're in their shops. And all of a sudden they're working. And wake up. And they go, oh my gosh. It's the month of Elul. What does that mean? The sounding of, of the alarm. That means that one of two things is about to happen. We're about to have the Messiah come, or we're about to have the windows of heaven opened over us and pour us out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. 
For 30 days, they would blow the trumpet in Zion. 30 days, they would sound the alarm, sound the alarm. At the end of those 30 days would come Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, if the Messiah didn't come, on Rosh Hashanah, God would open up his book of life. And he would look at every one of our lives. He would look at every one of our lives in his book. And the first thing he would say is, is, is his name written? Is her name written? And if the angel said, yes, the name is written, then God would look at what you've done for the kingdom of God. Now, we all know seven years after the rapture, is the second coming. Now I'm going to explain this in more detail next week. We have the rapture. After the rapture, immediately, the moment of the rapture, immediately, those who make the rapture will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, well pastor, I, th- I thought that was for those who didn't make the rapture. No, the great white throne judgment seven years later is for those who didn't receive Christ. But after the rapture, immediately, immediately after the rapture is the judgment seat of Christ. Where when we stand before God, he will look at whether or not we are rewarded or not rewarded for what we've done or haven't done. Now, it's not about getting into heaven. If you make the rapture, you're in heaven. But being in heaven is no guarantee you're rewarded. After the rapture, there are seven years of tribulation. Mark of the beast, antichrist. Three and a half years of of chaos and then the, the, uh, the uh, abomination, desolation, and then the seven years is the second coming. After the second coming is the great white throne judgment. But seven years before, now remember, there are no signs of the rapture. There's only signs of the second coming. So Passover was a shadow until the real thing. Pentecost, Shavuot, was a shadow until the real thing. What's going to happen in our world? Well, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. Think about it. In seven years from right now, our nation will be 251 years old will we be in revival or will we already have been raptured here's one i want to leave you before we pray let's say let no man knows the day or the hour right but we do understand that right at the day of passover it happened Right at the day of Pentecost, it happened. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for, let him who has eyes to see. I believe, I could be wrong, I could be wrong. 
the rapture may take place November 15th, my birthday. (laughs) November 15th, my birthday. It may take place then. I may be wrong. But I do think I hear the blowing of the shofar. If the rapture takes place on Rosh Hashanah, about 40 days from now, somewhere around that, 41 days from now, if the rapture takes place, will you make heaven your home? Will you be there? Because, God, understand, the scripture says that there are going to be a lot of who are lukewarm. Many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And he said, I don't even know who you are. So we need to make sure that we're living for the Lord, that we're born again, that we're serving God. We need to make sure of that. We need to talk to people about that. We need to make sure our family knows Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen? But let's say, and because then, then, and we'll talk about this more, at at the judgment seat of Christ, do you understand, and we'll talk, I'll, I'll get into this in detail. At the judgment seat of Christ, there are five crowns that he'll give out. Five crowns of rewards. And I don't know about you, I want every one of them. Say, oh, I don't serve God for the reward. I do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not the only reason, but if he wants to, he wants to bless me, he can bring it on. Amen. It's like going to work and the guy goes, your boss goes, here's your paycheck. Oh, no. No, I just did it because I believe in this company. I believe in it, too. And that's why I work so hard. Thank you. God put it in us to want rewards. Come on. Don't be so, ho- oh, not me. I just, want, I just want a cabin in the corner of heaven. Now, well, yeah, me too for hunting. But, I, but trust me, Tiz wants the mansion. Come on, ladies, I'm helping you here. So, and we'll talk about this next week. Just because you go to heaven doesn't mean you're rewarded. Do you understand? You got to do something. No, we're saved by grace. Yeah, I understand that. We're saved by grace, not by works. Now, work out your own salvation. If you want to harvest, you got to plant a seed. You want love, you got to love people. You want God to do good things to you before he's getting ready to bless you, gives you a chance to be a blessing. We need a tikkun alam. We need to be about our father's business. That's just a fact. But let's say in 40 days, the rapture doesn't take place. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, praying that, I'm praying that God gives us some time. Because I read the end of the book. We win. And there'll be an end time transfer of wealth. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. There's going to be an outpouring. That word, that, that I, I will pour out my spirit. That word in Hebrew is a word that, that um, in English, it's um, a gushing, a gushing. Not like you turn on a faucet, like a fire hose. There's going to be a gushing of signs and wonders and miracles and blessings and prosperity and joy and peace and happiness. So let's say in 40 days, there's not the rapture. There'll still be Rosh Hashanah. 
which is still a shadow of things. Someday, someday, you and I will stand before the Lord. We're going we're gonna to make the rapture, right? Yeah. Are, are you going to make the rapture? Yeah. We're going to stand before the moment we're raptured. Boom, we're there. And he will call out our name and look at our deeds. Look what we've done. Have we tithed? Have we helped widows and orphans? Have we been kind to people? Have we told people? And, and I'm going to show you. You know, one of the crowns, I'm going to show you, one of the crowns is the crown of the shepherd. You, you, you home life leaders are shepherds. It's one of the greatest crowns there are. Not everybody gets the crown of shepherd. There are five crowns. Some of you are going to be walking in heaven like. Some of you be going, holy cow. Look at this one. Look at this one. But let's say the rapture doesn't take place. Rosh Hashanah, the shadow of things to come, will take place. And so in 40 days, God will release onto your life and onto my life and onto your life. God will release for the whole next. Well, I hope it's the rapture. I hope we're raptured before the election. Because there's no pandemic in heaven. Amen. I hope a rapture happens, but it doesn't. God is still going to open up the book of blessing. And here's what I believe. The wicked servant says the master delays his coming. I, I, the, I, I'm telling you that before we stand and close in prayer, the Messiah could come. But I, got a, I just have a small feeling he's getting ready to do something. Something phenomenal is about to be birthed in you, for you, and through you. I believe our best is yet to come. So in 40 days... In 40 days, he will look and say, have you been, you know, uh, has New Beginnings been feeding uh, orphans? Yes. Has New Beginnings been taking care of Holocaust survivors? Yes. Has New Beginnings been trying to get people saved and lead people to the Lord? Yes. Has New Beginnings been standing up for righteousness? Yes. Has New Beginnings been standing on being biblically correct, not politically correct? Yes. Has New Beginnings been standing for the nation of Israel? Yes. Has New Beginnings tear down the walls of racism between white and black and brown? Yes. Does New Beginnings stand against abortion? Yes. Does New Beginnings believe in the Ten Commandments? Yes, does New Beginnings believe our best is yet to come? If you believe that, give the Lord a great big clap offering. Stand with me all over the building. Stand with me all over the building. You look at all these things that are happening, and you realize, we we have to realize, oh my goodness, look where we are. Now, I know that in the, in the news, I know that in, uh, in, in the media, and, and how many know you cannot believe what the media says? I don't care which na- station it is. Even the, even the one who's named after a little red creature that runs. Uh, you can't believe these guys because they have, they have sponsors and, and pharmaceutical companies, and we're going to talk about some of these things that, that, that manipulate. Say, well, how do I know what to do? It's easy. It's easy. You don't, when it comes to the election, you got to make up your mind what you're going to do. Don't vote donkey. Don't vote elephant. Vote the word of God. 
Vote pro-life. I was, I, I, I got an email from a friend of mine who was one of the leaders of the city of David in Jerusalem. And, uh, as I was looking at something he was saying, this other thing popped up on on YouTube. And so I watched it, and it was the city of David. Next time we get to go to Israel, we're going to go there. I was telling the guys in the back. The city of David, there's an area open right now. You know the valley that runs past the Jaffa Gate and down into the desert? That's called the Valley of Gehenna. That's where hellfire came from. And... Should I save this or tell it? I can say it twice and you'll, if I say it next weekend, go, oh my gosh. Because people are watching, they go, oh, he's amazing. This is where we get the word hellfire. Jesus said, if you say to somebody you're full, you're, you're guilty of hellfire. Because what that is in, in the nation of Israel has been trash dump, where they burn the trash. They wouldn't build there. And the reason they wouldn't build there is when Israel first came into, into Jerusalem, right at this spot here, which we can now visit, is where the, the pagans sacrificed children. They would sacrifice babies. And God said, you can never build a home, a city, a nation on innocent blood. It's cursed. If you do, it's cursed. And this is where, when David wrote, wrote the Psalms, he said, and it's right below the pool of Siloam. The pool of Siloam is where you would get uh, baptized, then you'd walk up the pilgrimage road, which they've now just discovered that takes us all the way to the, to the site of the first and second and soon the third temple. And this, but the, 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 the hellfire was right before the pool of Siloam. This is where David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What, and that, that's a great scripture in, in many circumstances, but he's talking about the valley where, of death where they sacrifice babies. In America, since 1973, 60 million babies. You can't vote for somebody that's pro-abortion. You can't do that. I said this one time on a Christian station and they edited it out. I said, if you, if I killed you, am I guilty of killing you? It's not a true question. Go ahead. How about if I hire somebody to kill you? I'm still as guilty. We cannot put people in leadership that are pro-killing babies. You can't do it. You can't, you can't do it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do it. Next week, we're going to get into, next week, we're going to get into the second coming, what happens at the second coming, what leads us to it. And I'm going to talk about the five crowns that we receive after the rapture. Five crowns, seven years of tribulation, the second coming. Pastor, where do you really believe we are? Our best is yet to come. If my people who are called by my name, amen. I got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm eight seconds over. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I can't have you come forward. But the most important thing right now 
is that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know. I don't know when the rapture is going to take place. I don't know. But I do know in 40 days, God opens the book of blessing. And in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. It's not a coincidence you're here. It's not a coincidence you're watching from around the world. It's not a coincidence because you may be coming into the kingdom right before the blessing, but you're still coming in. It's like those who are in the, in the field in the morning and those who come in the field in the evening. Jesus gave them the same reward. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, no one's looking around. You'd say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to the kingdom of God. I want to ask Jesus to come in or back into my heart. Maybe you've never been born again or maybe you've kind of grown a little lukewarm. And you're hearing the blowing of the shofar. You're, you're seeing the birth pangs. And it's because God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to miss out on the rapture or the revival. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor Larry, remember me in prayer. Here's my hand. Lift it up. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. I see that hand, 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 that hand. God bless you. Give them a great big clap offering. Amen. Now, somebody might say, and I'm going to say something that's a little rude, but it's just the way I am. It's just me. I'm from the streets. I'm, I'm sorry. But somebody would say, well, you know, you, 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 you preachers use this stuff to scare people. Absolutely. I'm trying to scare the hell out of you. I'm literally trying to scare hell out of you. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. I don't know about you, kid. I can remember my mom saying, when your father gets home, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. I got to wait seven more hours. Fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom. You got to understand, God loves us so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price in full. All you have to do is receive that and live for him. We're going to talk next week about the second coming and the seven years of tribulation and leading us into the mark of the beast. Say, well, I'll just die for Lord. No, you won't. If you don't have the guts to live for him now, you don't have the guts to die for him later. No, you're fooling yourself. Live for him now. Be on the winning team. The score's fixed. We're not going under. We're going over. Say this out loud with me. Lift your hands. I'm, I'm three minutes over. Oh, God, forgive me. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sins right now. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my home, my family, my future, 
and my finances, I declare by the name that is above every name and the blood of Jesus Christ, I am more than a conqueror. Jesus, you died for me. Today, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering, would you? Now don't go.